I'm Donovan Kane. Welcome to my podcast, where I read steamy stories for women to you. Why? Well, because sometimes you just want a man to read you a naughty story. This is a Romance Author Spotlight episode featuring Aletha Romig. Aletha is a New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and USA Today bestselling author of over 50 romance books. I'll start this Romance Author Spotlight episode by reading a short, steamy excerpt from Aletha Romig's book, Red Sin, from her Sin series. Stick around after the excerpt, and you'll learn more about Aletha Romig and her books. Oh, and by the way, if you like the steamy excerpt from her book, Red Sin, you can get that book absolutely free right now. Stick around for the interview, and she'll tell you how to get it. Free. I'm Donovan Kane, and this is a short, steamy excerpt from Aletha Romig's book, Red Sin, book one of her Sin series. Van. Lifting the bottle of wine, I knew that I was losing my battle with myself. The restraint I'd exercised throughout the day disappeared with the sunlight. Much like the wolves that came and went from my property, I had my prey in my sights and any self-control I'd forced myself to exhibit waned with each passing second. My hunger was growing to the point of starvation, and it wasn't food that I sought. Julia walked beyond the sofa and fireplace to the windows and stared out toward the bay. I can't describe how I feel right now, she spun toward me. It's new. I could stare at her for hours. Julia carried herself in a way that exhibited confidence and need at the same time. The dichotomy was fascinating. Her openness and honesty were inviting. It wasn't simply her beauty and her youth. Julia had a presence that lured me toward her. Tell me. She shrugged. It's consuming, you know as they talk about in books. I didn't think the kind of attraction that they described was real. I've never been attracted to someone so much that everything else in life pales in importance. Her admission made me smile. You described it well. After setting the bottle of wine on the table between the sofa and fireplace, I took a step toward her. I can describe what I see. I scanned from Julia's painted toenails to her beautiful yellow hair, no longer contained in a twist as it had been earlier in the day. Now it flowed over her slender shoulders, creating a wavy veil. Her lips parted and closed. You're stunning, Julia. There's no denying that. If Butler didn't tell you that a thousand times a day, he didn't truly see what a rare gift he wasted. The thing is, as gorgeous as you are, your beauty isn't your greatest asset. When I see you, and I'm near you, I sense your energy, your vitality, and your genuineness. Those are rare qualities. I spend a lot of time alone, but I also spend time with business, here in Wisconsin and while traveling. The authenticity I sense in you is unique. Taking another step toward her, 
I reached for the stem of her glass and set it on a nearby table. I could become addicted. She inclined her chin, keeping her blue eyes fixed on me. Van, right now I'm not sure about who you think I am. I'm different when I'm with you. I can't imagine you any other way. She lowered her forehead to my chest. It's as if I've walked out of a cloud or a fog, one that's been over me for most of my life. She wrapped her arms around my torso. This, right here, right now, it feels too good to be real. I'm scared that if I blink it'll be gone. My arms wrapped around her. She was right about the way it felt to have her here in my home and in my arms. I lifted her chin until I was basking in her blue stare. The only person who can make this end is you. Her head shook. I don't want it to end. And I don't want to talk. You said sex would be discussed. I pulled her closer until her softness melded with my hardness. Before the other night in the cabin, it had been a while since I'd been intimate with a woman. The rare interactions I enjoyed were primarily mutually self-indulgent. The abstinence I endured was self-inflicted. Perhaps it was my penitence. Whatever the reason, Julia had awakened a part of me that I hadn't until recently realized I'd fallen into hibernation. Her warm hand came to my cheek. Red sin? Is that a real thing? I haven't looked it up. I suppose it could be one of those sayings we hear and accept. Since I'd never experienced it, I was skeptical until now. Now it feels real. It does. I watched the way her lips moved. The blue of her eyes swirled with emotions. Julia should be afraid of the beast she'd awaken. Instead, she was pushing her petite body against mine and undoubtedly feeling my growing erection against her. She should run. I had to warn her. Tell me good night. Don't let me blur the line of our agreement. Go up to your suite and lock the door. I don't want to. Her hand landed on my chest. I'm open to blurring the line. Does that mean you're done discussing sex? It means I want you to take me, Van. I can't explain this desire. I've never felt anything like this before. I'm still not looking for forever, because for once I'm satisfied with the present. Satisfied. The concept was foreign to me. It contradicted my need for more, bigger, and better. I wasn't satisfied. I wasn't satisfiable. And currently, my state could be classified more accurately as insatiable. As my thoughts filled with the possibilities before me, my breath became shallower and my pulse kicked up a beat. Julia rose up on her tiptoes as her lips connected with mine. All day long, as I'd contemplated the possibility that our evening could go in this direction, I told myself that if it did, I should be gentle 
and go slow. Now, with Julia's body against mine, those sentiments were washed away by the flood of my speeding circulation. I wrapped Julia's long hair around my fingers as I fisted her golden tresses and tipped her head backward. Her moan filtered through the air as our kiss deepened. My tongue sought entrance as I unapologetically took what she offered. When we separated, I asked, Do you remember my rule? Julia nodded. I invited. The rest is up to you. Her pink tongue darted to her swollen lips. I'm not completely inexperienced, but I like letting you lead. Her breasts heaved as she took a deep breath. I trust you. My eyes briefly closed. If she only knew how wrong she was. With my cock achingly hard, I couldn't think about her misplaced trust. Now that her imitation was out in the air, I wouldn't back away. I couldn't. With the backdrop of the crackling fire, I made my proclamation. Strip for me, beautiful. As pink filled Julia's cheeks, I gently placed my hand on the side of her face. I took your clothes off the other night. Now, I want to watch as you take them off for me, knowing what's going to happen, knowing what I'm going to do to you. Her blue orb swirled with uncertainty. I was good. She should be uncertain. I don't know what you're going to do. Oh, I'm going to bury myself inside your perfect pussy. She sucked in a breath as her eyes opened wider. And I'm not going to stop until we both come over and over. As if the temperature had dropped, Julia began to tremble. I ran my finger down her cheek to her neck, watching her pulsating carotid. I lowered my lips and kissed her neck, going lower and lower until I reached the top of her blouse. I'm going to suck your nipples until they're hard as diamonds. I'm going to taste your sweet essence and dine on your juices. Van! I placed my finger on her lips. Now, don't make me repeat myself. Strip for me. She nodded as she looked around. Everything is so open. And there isn't another person for miles. No one will see you or hear you scream as you come. Her fingers slowly undid each button behind her neck. With her gaze fixed on mine, she lifted the blouse, exposing the lace bra beneath. Next, she unbuckled the skinny belt before undoing two buttons and the zipper to her slacks. Letting go of the waist, the slacks fell to the floor in a black puddle. Beautiful blue eyes stayed fixed on me, staring up through her veiled lashes as she unclasped the bra. I had plans for her perfect breasts. However, it was obvious by her reddened areolas and beaded nipples that she was already on her way. Next, she snagged the waist of the lace panties and pushed them to her ankles, stepping away from the pile of her clothing. Turn around, slowly. 
Julia was perfection, as if a master sculptor had created exactly what God intended. Finders Keepers I dropped the flannel shirt and pulled the thermal one over my head. I'd removed my boots earlier, making it too easy to unbuckle my belt and quickly loose my jeans to the floor. Still wearing my silk boxers, straining to contain my erection, I offered Julia my hand. Her energy flowed through our touch as I walked her to the rug before the fireplace. I didn't say a word as she sat on the soft rug and lay back, lifting her arms over her head. She was a fucking angel come to earth. I didn't deserve her. The calls I'd received warning me against marriage were right. The calls came from people who knew me. Julia didn't know me. And yet, here she was, laid out, a beautiful, vivacious gift that I would never tire of, nor return. In the light of the fire, lighter and darker shades of blonde were visible in her hair. Such as the predator I was, I lowered myself to the rug and crawled over Julia until my lips were again claiming hers. Her hands came to my shoulders as her arms then wrapped around my neck. Her kiss tasted like wine. I pried myself away, letting my kisses rain lower, enjoying every inch of the flesh she offered me. Each nipple was licked, sucked, and nipped, leaving a peppering of goosebumps over her flesh. Her moans and whimpers superseded the crackling of the fire. I didn't stop as my tongue found her core. One lick, and I knew she was wet and ready. One lick, and I wanted more. Spreading her knees farther apart, I buried my face where soon my cock would be. Van! She called out my name as her body writhed beneath my ministrations. Swirling her clit, I inserted two fingers into her tight pussy, creating a rhythm as her hips bounced in time. By the way her legs tightened around my head, I knew she was close. I curled my fingers and nipped her clit. The room filled with her wordless sounds as she came undone in my grasp. When her gaze met mine, a blushing smile filled her expression. That was... Just the beginning. I've never come that hard with Oral. Butler was a dick. Oh, there's more to come. I smiled. Pun intended. I stripped out of my boxer briefs and crawled back over her until our lips met. My tongue danced with hers. See how good you taste. More pink came to her cheeks, giving her a glow in the fire's light. Carefully, I guided my cock to her warm and wet heaven. With my elbows near her face, I stared down at Julia, taking in her youth, her beauty, and her trusting gaze. Keep your eyes open, Julia. I want to watch you come this time. Don't look away. Opening her eyes, she nodded. With each inch, my hunger grew until I slammed deep inside her. Her squeal reverberated through the room, giving me pause. I want you so badly. Don't stop. I waited, giving her time to take me in. Even without moving, 
just having her tight walls contract around me was ecstasy. She nodded as her lips met mine. Take me. I want all of you. It was her repeated invitation, and I wasn't going to turn her down. Pistoning my hips, I eased in and out of her, filling her with each thrust as she dug her fingernails into the rug's fibers and held on. Her marvelous pussy, sensual noises and expressions ranging from pain to bliss were feeding my hunger. Call me a chauvinist, but knowing that no one else had done this to her filled me with a caveman-like need to keep her here and never let her go. Julia's eyelids fluttered as she held onto my neck, our noses touching. My balls grew tighter as I thrust faster, knowing she was again close and wanting to watch her display as she came. It was as her body stiffened that I saw the splendor in her eyes. That was the incentive I needed as I laid her shoulders back to the rug and lifted her bent legs to my shoulders. The sight before me was stunning. The end of my glistening cock was inside her wet, pink pussy. Lifting her torso into my arms, I thrust upward. Oh, Van. Fuck, it felt good. In this position, I was buried deeper than I'd been before. Julia's youth and fitness allowed her the most satisfying flexibility. With her basically folded in half in my arms, my cock had the perfect angle as my hips pistoned with unabandoned need. Harder and harder, faster and faster, this was the definition of insatiable desire. Her petite hands held tight to my neck as I continued recklessly staking my claim. It was as my orgasm built that she came again, her entire body trembling in my grasp. It had been so long since I'd engaged in sex fueled by pure desire that I'd forgotten the number one rule of safety and precaution. As my seed pulsated out of me, filling her, I didn't care. That caveman need wanted only one thing, to never let Julia go. The End For now I'm Donovan Kane, and this has been a short, steamy excerpt from Aletha Romig's book, Red Sin, from book one of her Sin series. You can visit both of us at steamystoriesforwomen.com. And that was a short, steamy excerpt from Aletha Romig's book, Red Sin, from her Sin series. And I just happen to have Aletha Romig with me right now. How are you, Aletha? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you, Donovan? Very good, very good. I loved the excerpt of the book. Tell us a little bit about the excerpt before we learn a little bit more about you. Well, um, the whole, the, the excerpt is toward the beginning of um, Red Sin, and it's as Donovan and Julia are obviously getting to know each other quite well. Mm, I and see that. It, it, <laughs> yes, it was kind of obvious. Um, they have met in a snowstorm, and so there's a forced proximity in the beginning of the story, and basically then fate well, they say they're going to separate and move their separate ways and fate brings them back together. So this was basically, I believe, their first night back together um, at his house in the middle of nowhere, basically in Ashland, Wisconsin. Um, and so wintertime, pretty, uh, not a lot of close neighbors. I, I, I remember the one part in the, the uh, steamy excerpt there where it says uh, nobody's going to hear her scream. 
Yes. And uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. So they're they're way out there, way out there in the middle of nowhere. They are way out there. They're on the the shores of Lake Superior. So yes, and a uh, little little cold and snowy up there, but um, they try to keep things warm, and I think they do a very good job. I think they do too, and I I think uh, as well this character Donovan is uh, is you describe him as a, a real real wolf. Is that correct? Yes. I mean, it's not paranormal. Someone thought he was a werewolf. They, <laughs> they made me a they made me a trailer, and I'm like, oops, no, that's not right. right. Um, but yes, he he's just like a wolf of Wall Street. He's a reclusive mm -hmm. billionaire. Um, he's had his share, done his share of sins through his life and basically lives by himself and doesn't really think he deserves any better. And then Julia comes along. Well, it's a very interesting, uh, it's a very interesting excerpt that I read. Uh, I would love to, uh, get to the rest of that book and tell us, this is just the first book in the series. Is that correct? It is Red Sin. There's Red Sin, Green Envy, Gold Lust, and Black Knight. They're all out, so you can binge. And right now, uh, um, Red Sin is free, so jump in for free. Now that is wonderful, and I want to read to people. Let me let me just see here. I, I've got I've got this written down, and um, I'm going to make sure that they know this before we continue. You ready? Okay. Here is the disclaimer from uh, Letha's page on her free books. You ready for this? <laughs> These novels are not standalones. They are the book equivalent of a drug deal. My <laughs> mission is to get you hooked on Aletha Romig. Then you can say, I've been Aletha. And I love that. That's just awesome. <laughs> well, that's what I try to do. I want to get, I want to bring you in and hopefully you'll want to keep going. Oh, I, I, I think undoubtedly they will. Uh, so they just go to uh, aletharomig.com and they can get that book for free. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Um, they can honestly look at any, it's for sale everywhere. So any of their favorite platforms, they can go and look up Red Sin, Aletha Romig, and it'll come up for free. Or oh, they can fantastic. go to my website too, aletharomig.com. Well, that's fantastic. So if you like that steamy excerpt, go get the book. It's free. You have no excuses whatsoever. Red Sin by Aletha Romig. You can read that first novel and you will be hooked, I'm sure. And then uh, you'll listen to the rest of the series after that and many more books. I want to learn a little bit more about you, Aletha. Now, you are a New York Times. Wall Street Journal and USA Today best-selling romance author. Correct. Yes. And and that and that's a mouthful. It is. <laughs> now now tell us how you how did you get started in this? Well, I I never planned on being an author. Um, I was a dental hygienist for 27 years, and in 2008 I found myself home alone um, because my older kids were off to college. I am kind of old, and uh, my oh, husband was, <laughs> my old my husband was working third shift because he had lost his job. So I was home alone with our youngest son, and he went to bed early. And I decided, hey, I'm going to write a story. So through the evenings and the nights, I ended up writing uh, my first book, which is Consequences. And it's book one of the Consequences series. I thought I was writing a psychological thriller, but the wonderful people on Goodreads just embraced it and loved Tony, although he wasn't exactly lovable. And um, the rest is history. They, they just made me into what I am today. And I, I haven't cleaned teeth in a long time. So that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're telling me that the first book you wrote was really not intended to be a romance novel. Is that, that is correct? correct. It was not intended to be a romance. As a matter of fact, um, people now, when they read what I write now, which is a has a tad, sorry, has a trend to be um, steamier. The, my first book is fade to black, but um, it, there's enough information there that people knew what was happening. And mm -hmm. I'd even get people writing me and saying, how could you do this and this and this? And I'm like, I didn't. 
And they're like, <laughs> well, yes, you did. And I'm like, no, go back and read it. So I think there's something to be said for Fade to Black. But um, I believe that my readers, I have really embraced the steaminess of what I do now. So I'm not, I'm, I'm happy with kind of a happy medium here and there. Uh, absolutely. Uh, the, the steaminess of the stories, come on. We're all adults here, you know. That's, right. that's uh, that that's life. And uh, gee, that's what that's what really makes them uh, steamy. It, it is what makes them steamy. But I also like to think that I write um, kind of romantic thrillers. I mean, there's a lot of story involved. There's a lot of lot more than just the steaminess in the romance. Mm-hmm. So there, you know, there's times where there's it's more plot driven, and then there's times when it is uh, steamy driven. But I I think there's a nice equal equilibrium that can be met. Well, you know, and let's be honest, there's only so many ways you can do the steamy. So, uh, <laughs> there is only so many ways. <laughs> so the, the, the story that goes along with that, of course, is, is what, what makes it work. I mean, you know, it, otherwise you're just describing a, uh, a sex scene and, and that's going to be exciting for about, oh, a couple minutes. And that's right. it, it's, of course, as you know, as anybody that reads these uh, wonderful romance books knows, you have to have a good story to go along with it. You must. I agree. And I hope I do. That's what I plan. That's what I try for. And I also try very hard to make all of my series is different. Um, I don't, they're not the same thing with different names in different places. I mean, I have unique characters and I mean, Tony, who was my first is a lot different than Donovan. Mm-hmm. Um, who is a lot different than the current one I'm writing or other ones that I've written. I've, I have over 56 books out right now. Oh my. So you started writing uh, that one particular night. You remember the night uh, vividly, I'm sure that you started you know, writing. Not particularly, but I just remember sitting, I, I didn't tell anyone at first what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And um, it was kind of fun because when you're cleaning someone's teeth, they can't talk a lot because you have things in their mouth. <laughs> so I would sit all day and work and, and think about the story. And then I'd come home. And after I put my son to bed, I'd sit down and start writing a little bit again. And um, it was just, it was just kind of a fun outlet. I really thought the only people that would read it would maybe be my mother. And I don't know, maybe my best friend. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and then I made the mistake, but it was the best mistake I made of clicking on the computer and saying, yes, I wrote a book. So my first book was initially Um, published through a vanity publisher, but it was right in the beginning of Mm self-publishing. And within a year, I got my rights back and released the second book. And the third book was the one that hit New York Times, my first New York Times. And um, so, yeah, it just has, I mean, I was at the right place at the right time, I think. I really do. Well, I I think probably a lot of things came together, but the one big thing is is you can write a hell of a novel. (laughs) Because, with, <laughs> because without without that, the rest of the ingredients aren't really going to make much difference. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I really I really enjoyed uh, reading the excerpt and I, I look forward to reading more of your stuff. And okay. it, it's just amazing to me. I've, I've done several of these uh, author interviews and they all have somewhat of a of a similarity in that uh, most of the folks that started writing the romance books really didn't start writing them for any specific reason other than they just wanted to try to write a book and they never really thought anybody was going to read it too much, you know, maybe a few people that they knew or whatever it might be. And it's just amazing how that goes from you having the faith to sit down and read this or or, or write this, not knowing who's going to read it. Yeah, it was scary. Um, It was also, I think, I think in a way it made it easier because I had no expectations. 
So um, <laughs> my family, we like to uh, quote dodgeball a lot, which tells you a lot about us, but it was basically <laughs> um, uh, we aim for the blades of grass. I mean, don't, you know, don't set your expectations too high and you won't get disappointed. So yeah. um, that's, I mean, I really didn't expect much. So everything that happened along the way was monumental and wonderful and a great experience. Well, that, that's just amazing uh, to, to go from never writing a book before, which, of course, everybody starts there. Uh, right. But uh, but to sit down and write a book, not thinking, well, nah, who's going to read it? I don't know. Hope somebody does someday to uh, New York Times, Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling authors it just has to be an amazing journey. And I, I always ask I always ask the authors, where were you when you or do you remember uh, I know you did yours with the Vanity Press and things, so maybe it wasn't quite as obvious when the first first person purchased a book from you. It wasn't obvious. That was mm -hmm. the problem with Vanity Press. I had no idea. I literally, right. my friends would tell me they had bought a book, but it, they were telling me it would take me three months to get any kind of data back. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't the same as being able to watch your Kindle dashboard. Um, right. I will tell you though that they would that at the time in 2013 when Convicted came out, which was the New York Times bestseller they would not allow me to do pre or, um, orders on Amazon. Hmm. And I was fighting to get, I mean, I had somebody I could talk to back then, but they were like, oh no, you know, you, you are, don't have that level of whatever. Mm -hmm. So I released it and I remember watching it because that was my, um, that was my big hit and, or maybe my first one and mm -hmm. like 17,000 sales in that first week was just, Oh my! Amazing. I mean, I my husband and I kept would kept check all the different sales platforms, and we're like, we couldn't. I mean, we couldn't believe it. It was it was it was something phenomenal. It really was. It was just something that it, it took you a while to wrap your head around, huh? It really did. Yes, yes. Mm. Well, that that's a that's that's amazing stuff. Uh, I I can't imagine what that must have been like. It must have been almost. Uh, well, it, it's just a dream come true, isn't it? It really is. And I mean, at that point, I had decided I was going to stop uh, working dental hygiene every day, mm -hmm. <laughs> six right. days a week. Um, and I was going to concentrate on writing, but it was just, I mean, it was, it was a wonderful, wonderful thing. I mean, we, and we had friends come over and we're all like watching the different platforms. Uh, it, it, it was fun. Oh, what a wonderful thing. Well, there's also, and I, I, I tried to ask the authors this as well, because a lot of new authors, whether they're romance or, or whatever type of author they might be, but let's stick to romance authors here. What advice could you give them? If there's somebody sitting there right now somewhere and say, I, you know, I like these books. I like reading them. I like listening to them. I kind of want to try one. What would you tell them? I would tell them to write what they like and to write what they feel comfortable with. Don't write to whatever is the hot topic or the hot genre or trope. I mean, write, what you like because if you enjoy what you're writing and you enjoy reading what you wrote other people will enjoy reading what you wrote very good advice i would think yes I can. otherwise it's just going to be fake anyway isn't it? yes yes it will be you're just if you i mean and you sometimes i mean i feel like you can tell when you read books that don't really have the heart behind them right for example, my first book, I mean, oh my goodness, there are so many things wrong with it. <laughs> and I mean, I did so many things wrong because I'd never done it before. Right, um, of course. But I had the, I think I, because I had the heart for the story and I was excited about the story that comes through. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that makes a difference. I mean, you can have it absolutely perfect in every way, grammatically and everything. But if the story isn't worth reading, you're not going to read it. If the passion isn't there, what's the point? 
Right. And I, yep. I, I certainly, I hear what you're saying and I agree with you on that. And uh, tell me what's, uh, what other series have you got other than the Sin series here uh, that you would like to, to briefly tell us about? Well, my new series that I'm working on right now is called Royal Reflections. And book one comes out tomorrow, November 22nd. Uh, so by the time this airs, it will be out. Um, and I am super excited. I've never done a royal series before. And I have always loved the royals. I mean, when I was a little girl, my mom was real into Tudor, the Tudors, King Henry VIII. And as I got older, I learned the things that I learned as a child weren't exactly the truth about King Henry VIII. Um, but anyway, so but this is not historical. This is a modern, it's a modern day fictitious country um, in Europe. And I, it's called Malav. And it is a, it will not, I promise it's unlike any, to my knowledge, any royal romance you've ever read. I've never read anything like it. I've never even seen anything like it. When I came up with the idea, I was so excited. And um, just in a nutshell, the, the, we meet the prince and princess and they've been married for five years and she is from America and he is the prince of Malav and they are in an unhappy marriage. And the, the country and the king are not happy with the prince either. So there's some major changes that happen. And it is, there's lots of deception, lots of forbidden romance, lots of desire, lots of secrets and intrigue. And my, the early reviews I'm getting for Ruthless Rain are wonderful. And I'm so excited that people are liking it. And I just want everyone to jump in and read. That sounds very interesting. And you have a, uh, you have something on uh, Royal, Royal Reflections on uh, the website. It says, uh, the crown meets Game of Thrones. Yes. <laughs> well, that sounds interesting right there enough to, uh, interesting <laughs> enough to pick up the books. I, I mean, I honestly, that's, that's kind of how I approached it. Um, I think, I mean, somebody told me that doesn't sound like a romance and I'm like, well, there's lots of romance in the crown and game of Thrones. It's just that there's a lot of other things. There's, like <laughs> right. I said, I, I feel like I write romantic thrillers. So there's a lot right. of secrets and deception and intrigue. And it's just, so I have, I'm having a ball with it and I really, really hope it goes well. I believe it probably will go very, very well. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think. I think if uh, someone takes uh, uh, the leap from the steamy excerpt that we recorded here and goes and reads the Red Sin book, mm -hmm. I think from there they're gonna they're going to be hooked on you and they're going to be a lethal and they're going to want to try all of them anyway. So. <laughs> you know, there was a blogger used that term probably ten years ago now, and I've huh. just got I've just you know I ran with it and I I've, I've got it on everything. Are, have you been a lethal? Are you a lethal? Yes, get a lethal. <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was an awesome thing to make it is to a verb. <laughs> it is. I, I love it. I, I, I can't say enough about the warning you have on the free books. That's just perfect. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's absolutely perfect. Uh, so what is next for you uh, now? Uh, you, you have uh, this new series coming out and everything. What's next in your life? I mean, you have uh, had some great success here with the romance novels and just keep going. Do you have other plans to mix with that? What do you think? My plan is just to keep going with it. I, I love writing. I love when I get involved in a story. Um, I, I love that, um, you know, there's just so much versatility. I, I mean, I'm glad I don't write the same thing over, I mean, cookie cutter type romance. Um, right. Because I, I like, I love getting into the new stories. Um, my husband is a huge help and we will go on walks and he'll talk with me and we'll talk about the stories and we'll brainstorm and 
he reads as I write, as so do some of my other betas. And it's just fun to come up with new and different things. Do, do they ever look at you? Does your husband ever look at you after you wrote something and, and, uh, and say, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> yeah, <Does he>? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I am not a plotter. I'm a pantser. And um, so even though we do, you know, we do talk and we try to work things out, that just kind of gives me a, a roadmap, but not really, I don't exactly have the coordinates of where I'm going. <laughs> right. Um, so it's, it really is fun. I mean, there have been times where, and he's watched this happen, where I will sit down to write what I think I'm going to write. And then that doesn't turn out that way. And I'm like, that's not the way the characters wanted it. And I can't believe they took me this way. I mean, I was shocked too. So, but it usually works out. <laughs> that, that's, that's the crazy part to me in every author interview that I've done we all talk a little bit about the fact that you kind of have to be a little bit crazy to do this stuff uh <laughs> you know a good crazy but right. uh you have people talking in your head and you have no idea what they're going to do sometimes exactly that is exactly true I mean they surprise you I mean they really do I mean there'll be times that I'll start to write something and I'm just like no that's not right I know it's not I just kind of have to sit on it for a minute um or I've written something and then, you know, go and get in the shower and all of a sudden you're like, wait, that was wrong. I needed to, you know, it, but <laughs> the nice thing about writing a book is that it doesn't go out to the masses immediately. So I have time to sit, sit back and say, oh, I'm going to change that. Right, work on right, that. right. And uh, the characters knock on the inside of your noggin there and say, no, no, uh, -uh no, I don't know why you wrote that, but I didn't say that. I didn't say it like that, nothing like that. So go back and change it. Go back and change it. They'll wake me up at night and say, uh, -uh make sure you, you need to do this now. So, <laughs> well, yep. there you go. Let them, let them have control. And uh, what is it? If they give them an inch, they'll take a mile and they'll write the whole book while you're, uh, while well, you're I wish they would actually do that, but they still be nice? make me do the writing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they have the, they have the fun, easy part and you have to put it all together in something that makes sense. They do. And, you know, sometimes it's really hard to say goodbye to them because I do love to write my series. And so my series, I have, I have duets, I have trilogies, but a series is anything that's over a trilogy. So four or five books. Mm -hmm. And it is, um, you know, after you've spent that much time with these people, even though they're perhaps make believe it's hard to let them go. So that, that's, that's a tough thing. So it's kind of fun. I've started putting little Easter eggs in my books where there'll be an interaction with an old, old character from a different series. And, you know, if you don't know that series, it means nothing to you. But if you do, the readers get very excited. They'll send right. me like screenshots like, oh my gosh, so-and-so's <laughs> here. So they get Perfect. excited about that. Now, do your characters ever really leave you? They don't. They no. don't. Um, I wrote a uh, novella for, it's no longer published. It was for, was Nightingale. Uh, Sky Warren put it out uh, to help Ukraine. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it was very successful, but my novella in that, I went back to my second series and there was, there was the parents of the, of the heroine and the hero um, were dating at the end, her mom and his dad. And so I, now it's about eight years later, I had those two get married and they invited people from all of my series. So I wrote, and I was limited to 10,000 words. I wrote the whole thing in a day. I had so much fun oh my. bringing in all these people that I hadn't even thought about <laughs> in years. And so they were all sitting there at this wedding and it was, it was a lot of neat. It was neat. It was really fun. It so no, they never leave fun. you. They're still there. They're just waiting for their chance to come out. And that's, you know, that's the, to me, that's the part of a book that is wonderful when you uh, read one or listen to one or however you uh, get your books. Uh, 
those characters, the ones in the good books that you read, they're just always there. I, I mean, you could have read the book 30 years before and you know, mm-hmm. they pop up in your head and you remember the story. And right. that's what that's what just makes books to me amazing and authors and amazing. Yes. Well, as I say, that's what I hope for. I mean, I, you know, I read a lot and I mean, there are stories that have definitely stuck with me and there's stories that I read and I thoroughly enjoy. They're a five-star read, but I couldn't really tell you about them two days later. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not saying that all of mine are, but I want to be the one that you remember. Right. Well, I, I think uh, a lot of people remember you and will remember you, uh, Aletha. And so check out Aletha's work. Uh, there's a lot of it, uh, 50-some books she has. Uh, you can uh, just go directly to aletharomig.com. You can come to steamystoriesforwomen.com, which is a site we're kind of putting together uh, myself and uh, a bunch of uh, authors and things to 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 kind of connect with folks uh, in the romance world and get her free book for sure. Uh, you've got uh, the Red Sin book and go get it for free. There's absolutely no reason not to do that. It's a good book. And I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk with us on the show. Well, thank you for having me and thank you for doing the excerpt. It is definitely steamy. <laughs> I, I, I love doing it. And thank you for writing such a steamy excerpt for me to do. And uh, thank you, Aletha. And uh, uh, we'll read your book soon. And uh, we'll, let, we'll let you know what we think. We'll all okay. let you know what we think. Perfect. That's what I want. <laughs> thank you. I hope you enjoyed this Romance Author Spotlight episode of my podcast with Aletha Romig. I want to thank Aletha Romig for letting me use the excerpt from Red Sin on the podcast and I enjoyed the interview very much. Thank you, Aletha. Don't forget to follow the podcast so you can hear more steamy stories for women, along with more Romance Author Spotlight episodes with great romance authors. You can visit me, along with romance authors, at steamystoriesforwomen.com. If you would like to send me an email, I would love to hear from you. Just send it to donovan at donovancane.com. I'm Donovan Kane. Thanks for listening, and till next time, goodbye.